Hello, I'm Lucas Hayes. I'm a vegan and abolitionist from the United States. You can find me at www.rveganpregnancy.blogspot.com and you're listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. I know the human being and fish can coexist peacefully. Vegetarian. Vegan. Yeah, well. Let's get it right. You used the word animals, but I suppose what you should have said is non-human animals. Hello and welcome to another great episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, the premiere show of the Invercargill Vegan Society. For once, let's do the main story first. Let's get to the tofu of the episode. So anyone who usually gives up listening can hear it right away. I was contacted last week by another vegan living in Invercargill. Hi Nicole, hope to meet you sometime. And speaking of premieres, I managed to have a meeting with the mayor of my city, Mayor Tim Shadbolt, a colourful character if ever there was one. He has a long, storied history of being in every protest imaginable, of working in the concrete industry, of towing a concrete mixer behind the mural car for a few victory laps on winning an election, appearing on Dancing with the Stars, the New Zealand version, where everyone had to do the haka or the macarena, and well, being the most out there mayor in all of possibly the world apart from Sarah Palin and Wasilla. I've recently posted a whole bunch of Invercargill Vegan Society propaganda, I mean items, out to listeners around the world. If you'd like an Inversoc badge and coin, valued at about American, I don't know, 50 American cents to the Inversoc dollar, please get in touch. jwontdart at gmail.com. J-A-Y-W-O-N-T-D-A-R-T at gmail.com. Today's intro bumper was by Lucas Hayes, a young vegan guy living in Virginia, home of many FBI divisions, a.k.a. the Thought Police and Inversoc speak. Oh, and Chris Brown. You know, being from Virginia, <laughs> gotta go back to my roots. The whole go-go thing. D.C., what's up? <laughs> Virginia, you already know how you about to do it. <laughs> Let's go. Yes, sir.
Sport police, go-go music, most of a family doing drugs, mummers being beat down and hanging people from a rope. Sounds like some people, including Chris and Lucas, need to get the blink out of Virginia. Perhaps straight out of Virginia, if you catch my drift. Virginia. Lucas is half of the R Vegan Pregnancy blog, which you can find at www.rveganpregnancy.blogspot.com Lucas appeared on this show, episode 46, about the Oprah show. Oprah goes vegan, vegan, veganish. He left a comment, and was kind enough to mention his old friend Tim, living here in Invercargill, New Zealand, if I'd be so kind as to keep an eye out for him, possibly spotting him on Esk Street, that Lucas wanted to hear back from his friend Tim. Now, if you see my old friend Tim Shadbolt, while you're walking down on, say, Esk Street, to give me a call. I'm worried sick about him. It's been ages. But I hear he's doing well. Okay, that's really it for now. Take care. Peace. Well, Lucas, I finally tracked down your old friend, Tim. He was hanging around the Invercargill City Council building. I had to email his personal assistant, make an appointment, wait in the lobby, no doubt being secretly x-rayed, then triple x-rayed when they heard I was an animal rights activist who wanted to meet the mayor, buzzed through, I walked up a flight of stairs to meet an aide, who took me to his waiting room, when in walked in Lucas's old friend, Tim himself. And what do you know, he had a message for Lucas. G'day and greetings to my old friend Lucas. I'm sorry about the delay in getting back to you, mate, but, you know, how's the vegan pregnancy going anyway? I hope we'll see you at Invercargill again soon. We'll have another pint of spates and a Southland Swede served or steamed at the local cafe in Esk Street. Until then, enjoy the badge, Lucas. You live in Virginia now. Watch out for the thought police. Why don't you move down here and you can crash with your old mate Jordan out of his crib? I had to think of a vegan delicacy of Southland, the Swede. A sort of big turnip kind of thing. Mm-hmm, steamed Swede. That's worth a 20-hour flight by itself, Lucas. Invercargill Mayor Tim Shadbolt also had a message which I've added to the IMSOC website, www.invsoc.org.nz. G'day, I'm Tim Shadbolt, the Mayor of Invercargill. You might remember me from such films as The World's Fastest Indian or Utu. Southland has many wonderful attractions, from the southernmost institute of technology that speaks English in the world, our velodrome, our beaches, our friendly, broad-minded people, but our most prized possession is the wonderful Invercargill Vegan Society, quite possibly the southernmost vegan society in the world. You can cite me at Wikipedia. You hear that? Not only was it a little Troy McClure-esque, I got the mayor to make a mayoral declaration that the Invercargill Vegan Society is the southernmost vegan organisation in the world. Or he at least read a script I printed off and stuck to my chest, using an Invsoc badge. See, not everyone can afford a teleprompter like Obama's. I figured if I held my phone with both hands, he'd be looking pretty much at me. And so by having the script pinned on my chest, literally, he was looking almost right at the camera. Hope you enjoy imagining the situation. 
I'm really thankful for Mayor Shadbolt's time, for allowing an animal rights activist into his office, to pin two bits of paper on his chest, to hold his phone up, while the mayor read some crazy script. Only in Invercargill. You know, that place with the world's southernmost vegan organisation in the world? Did you know that? If you keep repeating it, it makes it true. It's official now. It'll go up on Wikipedia, the citation linking to that video. And if it's on Wikipedia, it's true. Brilliant! I've also had some posters made up. I'll keep a few A5 size laminated copies in my advocacy kit, and new business cards for the Invercargill Vegan Society. They've already been a useful way to give people our website address in person, away from the infinitely superior online communication. I've used the Ingsoc-inspired Inversoc logo from George Orwell's 1984, and the slogan for the Invercargill Vegan Society is All Animals Are Equal, from Animal Farm, perhaps my favourite book. Yes, some people will do that, ha-ha, but some animals are more equal than others, bit. Animal Farm is set in England, hence the song Beasts of England, as well as 1984. It's Ingsoc, English Socialism, England. Telescreens everywhere, surveillance cameras, one nation under CCTV. Sounds like England to me. But we're in New Zealand, mate. Home of Lord of the Rings. Ignore that English bloke who wrote the damn things. The river, so Radagast said to me. Radagast the Brown laughed Saruman, and he no longer concealed his scorn. Radagast the bird tamer, Radagast the simple, Radagast the fool. Yet he had just the wit to play the part that I set him. For you have come, and that was all the purpose of my message. And here you will stay, Gandalf the Grey, and rest from journeys. For I am Saruman the Wise, Saruman Ringmaker, Saruman of many colours. I looked then and saw that his robes, which had seemed white, were not so, but were woven of all colours, and if he moved they shimmered and changed hue, so that the eye was bewildered. I liked white better, I said. White, he sneered. It serves as a beginning. White cloth may be dyed, the white page can be overwritten, and the white light can be broken. In which case it is no longer white, I said, and he that breaks a thing to find out what it is has left the path of wisdom. When someone brings up the Some animals are more equal than others, hoo-hoo, <laughs> line, I'll throw back my cloak, revealing my white bathrobe. Fool of a took! All animals are equal, but if some are more equal than others, then they are no longer equal. You shall not pass, you're going to fail. I love 1984 too, but to be honest, each time I listen to the nine and a half hour long audiobook, or watch the two hour long movie, I feel near suicidal. It's such a hopeless situation, of grey dust everywhere, no privacy, absolutely no joy in life, no iPhones, no chicken friends meaningless paperwork, of being spied on all the time. You knew there was no possible happy ending by the first few chapters of the book. Animal Farm is more light-hearted, a much more enjoyable read, and I enjoy the defiant characters more. By using both Orwell's famous books, I hope to use popular culture to promote respect for all, the concepts of double-think, of thinking of slaughter as both humane and an atrocity, when it can only be the latter. Of thought-terminating clichés like factory farming and humane, 
of hope lying with the proles, grassroots, non-violent, vegan activism. I'm glad to have all the first lot of badges in the post. They should be arriving in the next week worldwide. Thank you to all the honorary members of the Invercargill Vegan Society for giving me their personal information, like their address. I'm sure I'll easily recoup the badge cost by selling that info to that anonymous and lolsec group making the news. Oh, and Lucas's actual old friends, the FBI slash Thought Police up there in Virginia, and Google, and Facebook, and... If you'd like to have your personal details sold, please email them to me at jwontdart at gmail.com. J-A-Y-W-O-N-T-D-A-R-T at gmail.com. I'll send you a couple of trinkets in return. I'd like to mention a local Invercargill auction house effectively closing. Quote, Inner city livestock sales? You couldn't get away with that nowadays. Everyone says that. No other New Zealand city has maintained that tradition anything like this long. But throughout the decades, Todd's livestock sales have remained licensed and almost completely problem-free. Other times, the odd cockerel has been inadvertently released to the wild, and there was some talk of a particularly wriggly pig roaming free in D Street for a while. Particularly during the school holidays, the livestock sales have been a real drawcard for the children. Bill Todd, the fourth generation of his family to helm the company, has long delighted in that part of his job. Children in everywhere, and parents having to hold their hands back and say, no, no, that's enough. That'll be missed. I grew up going to those damn auctions. They were terrible. A bunch of people standing up for hours to hear an older guy barking orders and then slapping the paper auction guide before moving on to the next lot. I always hated being there. It was terrible. The livestock section, we never were involved with that, but it's hard to forget the part of that awful run-down old building. Chickens were kept in shocking wire cages and other animals were penned in dirty wooden boxes. It was all rather dim. There was animal waste everywhere. Nothing that was anywhere close to clean. Imagine the worst factory farm footage you've ever seen. And then imagine a hundred plus old men bidding on those animals. You're coming with me. Ha ha ha. To imagine young children enjoying that sight. Oh wow, look at the animals. It makes me sad. I wish someone had talked to them about veganism. I liked seeing chickens myself. I come home each day to my chicken friends and they usually walk out to meet me. Black chick will always sit on my leg and eat from my hand. The thought of seeing any of them in those horrible old wire cages covered in filth. And all my life going there, the cages and pens always looked the same. They were probably never cleaned. That's not how we should enjoy seeing other animals. We shouldn't be bidding for their lives and taking them home to be killed. New Zealand has a television show called Backbenchers where politicians are questioned in a pub setting, the pub being the backbencher, an actual pub located opposite the Beehive, New Zealand's parliamentary building, the main one, anyway. It's shaped like a beehive, sort of. Such dignified culture we have here. A backbencher is basically a low-ranking politician for whatever political party. Naming a pub the backbencher could basically be seen as we don't do anything, we sit here while others talk, we might as well be drunk or at the pub over the road. Safer in full effect, with many volunteers dressing up like chickens amongst the alcohol-drinking mob. Deborah Ashton, of SAFE and the radio show Animal Rights and Wrongs, was able to address the politicians. Note the chant at the end. Free-range farming, and Deborah Ashton of SAFE has got 60 seconds to the barrel of the camera. Deborah, you go for it. 
Over three million hens are suffering right now in battery hen cages, and the government advisers NAWAC and the egg industry itself have proposed to put in new cages called colony cages. Um, now this could take up to 19 years. Now these cages, condemned internationally by animal um, welfareists, are actually larger than battery hen cages with a few little enrichment features, but in actual fact it makes very little difference for the hens because all they're going to do is just cram a whole lot more hens into the bigger cages. Now currently um, battery hens have about this much space in a cage. With the new colony cages, wow we, they're going to have that much space. Now, um, a cage is still a cage, really, at the end of the day, whatever you want to call it, um, and it's worse than a prison for hens. The hens will never see the light of day, and um, they um, will never be able to display their normal patterns of behaviour, as required by the Animal Welfare Act. Now, my question to the politicians is, do you recognise that cages are cruel, and will you commit to getting rid of all cages within the next 10 years? There you go. Nice one. There you go. All right. Oh, double down, Bill. Uh, oops, fight, fight, fight. Okay, guys, you can go now. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, chickens. Thank you. Double down, double down. As in the KFC burger made by killing chickens, pigs, taking milk from a mother cow. How mature, how sober of that pub crowd. One far right, by New Zealand standards, MP made herself unpopular. Calvin, would you commit to getting rid of uh, cages entirely within the next 10 years? Would Act commit to doing that? No. And oh. I don't care if they display the characteristics of chopping their head off and running around the black yard without a head either. That's a bit hard. We it's... care about people ahead of silly little chickens. <laughs> That's enough. That's settle down. Settle down. Shh. Hang on. Hang on. I'm not going to ask for a clear That was very clear. <laughs> Silly little chickens. My chicken friends are clever. They talk to each other, look out for each other, and they share food. They're very nice and not at all silly. Now, it should be mentioned, is it good to say, I like factory farming? No. Does much of the country agree with Axe's position? Oh, those greeny animal freaks are always protesting and whining, gas bag, and they should get a job. Yes, certainly. Does the majority of this country consider chickens to be equal to human beings? Certainly not. But should politicians be blunt about it? To get the left votes? No. Well, we exit Y party care for animal welfare. We're against animal cruelty. We want to see animals killed the right way. The act politician got to talk about the subject again. Can't have those chickens enjoying life, can we? here, if you have hens out enjoying the natural sunlight and things, yeah. you're much more likely to have to give them antibiotics to keep them well, to stop them getting bird flu, all manner of crap. If you have them inside, you can protect them from diseases and they're healthier, better chickens. Right, okay, there's a bit of disagreement there with you, Hillary. Deborah doesn't disagree, doesn't agree with you. Hey, Miss Right Winger, perhaps we should have a large government in charge of our daily lives. Keep us in nice little cages, built for the lowest cost. That way, the government would save lots of money on healthcare, right? Hey, you'll live longer too, in that nice little cage, while the government takes care of you, right? The politically correct answer is to say your party is very for animal welfare, like Sue Kedgley of the Green Party. Sue, 
these 10 eggs here are about 10 to 12 bucks. How can the average, how can the average punter afford these? On the DPV. Actually, no, they're 865, sorry. <laughs> so they weren't 10 to 12 bucks. Same, same question Just, applies, though, eh? Same yeah. question applies. They're very expensive. Well, actually, the question was. First of all, yep. are, are we prepared? Is the Green Party prepared to get rid of these cages within 10 years? Absolutely, within two years, with tomorrow. I've been down and seen these colony cages, these battery hen cages. They are unspeakably cruel. I was profoundly offended by what Hillary had to say. We are animals. What right do we have to uh, force animals to live in Let's, cages okay. just I so like we can Pigs. Pigs is good. Yeah, okay. But so, so hang on, hang on. Let me, let me take a morsel of what Hillary said. Chickens are cheering. Chicken, chickens are just chickens, man. That's not, that, they are, no, fellow, they that, are fellow creatures that we share this, the planet with and which we should treat with compassion and respect. Okay. Well, so I think the question, I think the question needs to be answered in terms of the, 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 the price of that dozen eggs compared to what people can afford today. Okay. Well, can we afford to keep animals in cages? We can, what right do we have to okay. keep those animals in cages? Right. Hey, Damien, we have no right. Damien, what I liked that Sue Kedgley said we fellow creatures. She also mentioned that we are animals too. So that's two points for her. But what right do we have? Who gave us the right to hurt them in the first place, to kill these chickens? To expand on the answer, the question is framed battery cage factory farms or cage-free free-range farms. And speaking of pure cost, the cheapest, most economical option is to buy no eggs at all. There's no vegan option presented. Let's change that. A man on the street, Vox Pop's view was sought. A random pub goer was chosen. Okay, the first non-chicken I've run into. Uh, what do you believe? Free range? Not free range? Cages? No cages? Yeah, we do always buy free range. People, what, what, not, everyone can, not everyone can afford it though, can they? Uh, it's a question of priorities. Because I mean, I was thinking about this. Uh, you don't have Sky TV? No, we'd rather have free range eggs. And, and, right. All right, cool. Because we, we were talking about this before. It's like, you know, you could say, you could say that um, shoes are a lot cheaper when kids make them as well, but you don't necessarily buy, you know, buy those. There are limits to what you can do, and you try to do the best that you can. Wonderful. All right, Wallace? Hey, Damien, before we go to the next panel, hands up in the audience who insist on buying free-range eggs. Hands up. I just want to get a gauge here. Can we get a... Okay, four, three people. Hillary, no. Uh, there's quite a few over the back there, Well, Quite a few over the back. And those... Hands up those people who just don't care about free-range at all. Hands up. Less. Henry there. There's a few over here. Right, okay. Spending that little bit more on the good eggs versus having paid TV service, having more channels on your television. Nearly everyone shown was for free-range, cage-free eggs. It's the socially acceptable answer. But statistically, how many New Zealanders buy them? A very, very low number. As of right now, it would be essentially impossible for large, non-vegan restaurants to be good eggs only, as McDonald's has previously stated, the fast food chain says there's not enough of the good eggs available. However, I've heard from those involved in lovely free-range farms directly, who say there is a quote, glut on the market, and so some of the sheds, as in sheds full of birds, that counts as free-range and cage-free, you know, whole sheds were being culled early, 
As the hens age, they lay less eggs and so they are killed, because if they pop out four, when the farmer expects or wants five, then they can't be freeloaders, you know, off of their heads. Whole sheds of hens being treated as things, being killed because, in the words of the farm worker I spoke with, there were too many free-range, cage-free good eggs. Presumably they couldn't all be sold, or, more likely, the profit margins would be hurt. Gotta keep that resource scarce, can't have a commodity, you know. So everyone says that they are for the socially acceptable answer, but they don't vote with their dollar. They buy factory-farmed products because they are technically cheaper. Let's vote for the option that's essentially free, not buying hen periods in the first place. The end of this backbenchers episode also got a little confused, with the MPs competing in a quiz, the prize being, well, a dozen of the good free-range eggs donated by a safe, which apparently was not the case. Here's a clip. We don't, do you know what? We don't actually need to continue because uh, at the moment Jonathan has an down. insurmountable well lead. Hey. Jonathan Young, hey. ladies and gentlemen! Jonathan, you got from the safe some free range eggs! Thank you, Deborah! All right. There you I'll go. Enjoy them this there weekend. You go. Thank you very much. Photo opportunity. Uh, and the audience prize, so Damien, you got the prize there. It's the uh, it's Discover New Zealand. It's a oh. uh, New Zealand Atlas. It's a book on New Zealand. 12 things that came out of female's bottom, or an atlas, a printed book. They still make those? It's basically Google Maps of New Zealand printed off with a couple staples holding the mess together. Great prizes from TVNZ. Deborah from SAFE was thanked for donating these free-range eggs. I've heard from Deborah, and apparently SAFE did not donate eggs. They would not buy or directly promote such exploitation. Remember, SAFE stands for Save Animals from Exploitation. I know that my friends at the local SAFE have actively been talking with the good, free-range industry to supply local businesses. They actually organised delivery of free-range bird eggs and flesh. It was described as a good thing, as less suffering is involved compared to factory farm products. In any regard, if SAFE do not want to directly buy free-range products, by changing their campaigns to be vegan-focused, i.e., don't buy bird's eggs, it's awful animal cruelty, let's be vegan, adopt a chicken friend, then such confusion wouldn't come up. A vegan would not be thanked for the gift of a dozen hen periods in a cardboard box. I decided to throw my weight around. I sent an email to the ACT Party, whose MP said she didn't care for those silly little chickens, saying that I'm from a conservative area of the country, my father supported ACT, but the way they saw other animals would definitely keep me from recommending them as a political party, that they would lose the votes of the mighty Invercargill Vegan Society. Remember, I joked it on the entire Invercargill Vegan Society. We're talking about a whole one vote here. I included some information about veganism. While it's unlikely that the ACT politicians reading my email, or the automated computer script that replies to every complaint email, would decide to explore veganism, it's always worth mentioning animal rights, always worth promoting respect for animals, if only to show that we are out there. Here's the reply I got. Hi Jay, thank you for your email. Hillary has sincerely apologised for causing offence with her comments about chickens. She was wrong to make such comments. She intended it to be part of a light-hearted debate, but what she said was inappropriate. The ACT Party does not condone cruelty to animals, and we respect those who seek to ensure that all animals are treated humanely. Kind regards, 
Margaret uh, Aldred, Act Party Manager. And now for some more right-wing fun. I decided I had a spare 52 hours to listen to one single audiobook. So I said to myself, Hmm, let's look at the list of audiobooks over 50 hours long. Which one is most beloved by the teabaggers in America? Because based on their crayon on cardboard signs, Osama bin Raq is the communist's... I'm sure they've read the whole thing, right? Because there's so many 50 hour long audiobooks to pick from. Hmm, I guess I'll go with, uh, Alice Shrugged. And you know what? Its current interpretation is the American far right's newest testament aside. It's actually rather good. See, hard-working, inventive men and women are being held back and oppressed by the demasses, who are jealous of anyone's success, so they whine and they complain and they bicker, and they make awful laws preventing innovation. You know when you spend 10 years in your steel mill, inventing a new alloy, and it turns out to be lighter, cheaper, much stronger than steel? Basically perfect in every way. And then all the bureaucrats refuse to allow its use, because nobody's ever used it before, and it would disrupt their current economy. And somehow, you struggle through, and stay in business despite their sanctions. All the other mills which are run by incompetent fools go bust, and then they start whinging and moaning and bickering that it's unfair for you to have a monopoly on your new metal after they try to destroy you with all the crazy rules. That it's not competitive to allow one firm to invest its money and time and smarts into R&D, so the secret recipes of 12 spices should be taken over by the government, by force. And so, you flee to Colorado, to live with the other titans of industry, with this amazing new metal, powerful engines that practically run on air, surrounded by other billionaires. Yeah, well, it's not exactly the story of my life either, but it's damn good reading, all 50 plus hours of listening while I work. Remember when the world was going to change, as Obama was elected president? You know, hope, change, all that talk. All the wars that would stop on day one of President Obama's reign of terror. My president is black, my main back too. And I'll be goddamn if my diamonds ain't blue. My money's dark green and my Porsche's light gray. And I'm headed for DC. Anybody feel me? My president is black, my main back too. And I'll be goddamn if my diamonds ain't blue. My money's dark green and my Porsche's light gray. And I'm headed for DC. Anybody feel He's half white, so even in a racist mind, he's half right. If you have a racist mind, you be aight. The president is black, but his house is all white. Rosa Parks sat so Martin Luther could walk. Martin Luther walked so Barack Obama could run. Barack Obama ran so all the children could fly. So I'ma spread my wings. You can meet me in the sky. Yeah, about that. How did that all work out? Here's a song that belongs on AR Zone's great new podcast.
had to cut off the ending. That damn song is eight minutes long. Unreal. Thank dog we moved away from that crap to these wonderful modern two-minute auto-tuned masterpieces. In future episodes, I hope to cover the 2011 National Animal Rights Conference here in New Zealand. I'm flying all the way up to Auckland, where I'll finally meet Elizabeth Collins, William Paul, Emmy James, and many other vegans. I'm very excited about that, and future projects for the Invercargill Vegan Society. I've even thought up a new way to get more listed members. This is hopeless. They're going to demolish our house for sure. We're going to have to move into a Motel 6. Dad can't afford $6 a night. Hey. Please, please come here. I found him. I found Edgar Neubauer. Oh, my God. The dead have risen and they're voting Republican. <gasps> no, Bart, don't you see? Dead people can't vote. Look, Prudence Goodwife died 1641. She voted for Bob, too. <gasps> so did Buddy Holly, Richie Valens, and the Big Bopper. Even the Pet Cemetery voted for Bob. <gasps> Look, Mr. and Mrs. Bananas, Humphrey Beauregard. Oh, my poor dead kitty. Please, not you, too. All right, Bob. Now it's personal. Hey, um... He did try to kill me. Dead people and fictional dead people especially can't vote, <laughs> apparently, but they sure as hell can make up the membership role. Another great idea from The Simpsons. And who knows what other future directions Invisoc might take. Hi Jordan, I like the Invisoc logo. Are the oft-heard rumors true that the Invercargill Vegan Society is viewed as phase one of the Invisoc acronym? First subsuming Invercargill, then the world, International Vegan Society to emerge from its cocoon as Intergalactic Vegan Society? No comment. You know, we're working on some things that I can't talk about. Again. But again, yeah. But there used to Very be, beautiful. There I used know. to be a saying, isn't it at Apple? Gonna blow us away, though, when away. you can't talk. Wow, it's great. There used to be a saying at Apple, isn't it funny a ship that leaks from the top? <laughs> So, uh, uh, that's, that's kind of like a sweater without sleeves is a vest. I don't get that. That was what they used to say about me when I was in my 20s. <laughs> okay. Uh, the, um, there's a zillion interesting things going on. Yeah, I didn't get that sweater and uh, yeah, sleeves. I didn't get that either. As I walked uptown in Gale Force Winds recently, listening to Atlas Shrugged, I was inspired by the tale of one far-right woman's stand against those evil socialists. As I could barely stand straight, bearing down the oppression of all the wind could throw at me, a certain tune popped into my mind. Coincidentally, I was planning to use it for this episode, and it appeared in an episode of The Simpsons I was watching. Get here! Is this segment? Whoa, Otto, man, you work here? Oh, yeah. During the day, all my friends are in school, so I got a job as a certified bloodletting tech dude. Now, let's get the show on the road. Okay, let me, let me wash up. Grimly walking through the wind, vegans trying to make the world a better place. It came to me, we're all red and men and women. But instead of decimating the working class with our tax cuts slash zero tax for billionaires, corporate handouts and privatising the profits, socialising of losses, what if we moved all to our own little part of the world to set up our own model community, a garden of pure ideology, 
of information purification directives. We shall prevail. We could call it Invercargill. We can do anything we put our minds to. We are made from red and metal. Or, if you like Futurama, Skintanium Armor. Seriously guys, move here. It'll be great. We have a friendly mare, willing to read from a script pinned to your chest, to go along with a friendly in-joke. for listening to Coexisting with Non-Human Animals. You can find the script for this episode, as well as downloads for every episode of Coexisting with Non-Human Animals, at coexistingwithnonhumananimals.co.nz. If you'd like to contact me, I'd really love to hear from you. Please send me an email to jwontdart at gmail.com j-a-y-w-o-n-t-d-a-r-t at gmail.com I'm also on Twitter and Facebook, Jordan Wyatt, W-Y-A-T-T. Thank you for listening. Away from the notion of animals as things and toward the moral personhood of animals. The choice is ours. If you're not vegan, go vegan. It's easy. It's better for you. It's certainly better for the planet. And most importantly, it's the morally right thing to do. I am Raritan Man. Is he? Oh, this thing's still on? Oh, good.